My name is Pastor Tom. I'm one of your pastors here at Grace Chapel, and it's an honor to share the word with you today. Um, I've been a school teacher, a PE teacher, for about 30 years, both in the Christian schools and in the public schools. And during that time, there was a motto at being a PE teacher that sustained me during that time. And it said this, if you want to learn what a child is about, watch them play. But if you are concerned about what a child will become, guide his play. And that motto kind of, kind of kept me on track throughout my years of teaching physical education. Um, being with kids for such a long time like that, you have lots of opportunities to minister kids. doesn't matter what background they come from, what geographical location they come from, all kids need the love of the Lord. And I've had plenty of opportunities to uh, break up disagreements, to umpire, not baseball or football or basketball, but to umpire kids and try to work through their situations. And sometimes when they get into a little physical altercation, one kid would say, oh, Mr. Urso, Mr. Urso, he punched me. And the other kid would say, no, no, I didn't punch you. My hand just fell and hit your face. <laughs> he said, no, no, I, I did it by accident. And the other kid would say, no, you didn't. You did it on, you did it on purpose. And today's message is let's live our life on purpose and not by accident. Amen. There was a time, I'm blessed to be married to Charlene the Bip. She never wants me to say that. I'm just going to say it anyway. Could you give my wife a hand clap? She's a blessing. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And always wanted to get married, always wanted to have kids, doing that good. Had three beautiful daughters. Carissa's here today, Cats up in Knoxville. And uh, Christina is at another church service in West Palm Beach. And so I had a passion for being a husband and wife. But I also had a passion for refereeing high school football, basketball, and baseball. And there was a time when the Lord started tapping me on my shoulder. And he said, um, there are some of your passions and some of your pursuits are misprioritized and out of place. And it was during that time, really, things weren't, not necessarily, there was nothing sinful about it. It's just they weren't expedient for the sake of the gospel, and they weren't expedient for my personal walk with the Lord. So how many of you know sometimes the Lord starts tapping on your shoulder, it's time to in the natural, we would go to our closets and throw out all the clothes that we haven't worn in, in, in a year. Or we would go up in the attic, Pastor Brian, and bring down stuff that we haven't used in years. And the Lord helped me with that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today as we want to hear his word, hear his principles in the kingdom, and implement those and put the word of God into action for his glory for his honor, and for his praise alone. Amen? Father, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name for the ministry of the gospel. 
the word of truth, which is destined for our hearts. There is a purpose for God's word. That it would accomplish that which he pleases and that it would prosper in the thing that he sends it to. Today is not a day of coincidence or happenstance. It's a day destined on the calendar of God's timetable. So, Lord, we're asking you by your spirit to give us ears to hear. Take heed with the manner in which you hear, lest at any time we allow them to slip away and fall away. Father, I thank you right now. We sang that song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. Open our eyes to behold Jesus. Open our eyes to see you in all of your beauty and splendor as the Savior of the world, but also the Savior of the body, the church which he purchased with his own precious blood. Open our ears to hear, Lord. Right now, Lord, touch our hearts that we can receive with meekness the engrafted, implanted word. We lay aside right now every tradition known to man and believing that this is a day that you've ordained, O God. You have something to say. You have something to hear. And we turn aside to see what you will say to our hearts. And we thank you for it. We give you praise for that now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, and amen, and amen. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. They say that Romans, a lot of folks, a lot of theologians say that the book of Romans is their favorite book, and that chapter 8 is the favorite chapter of their favorite book. Look at Romans chapter 8, and also, if you can... At the same time, find 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Look what it says in Romans chapter 8. If it's in your Bible, on, on, your, on, your, on your phone, up there, on the overhead. Overhead, what's an overhead? That's funny. We're doing retro today, right? Should we, should, we have had, should we have had an overhead projector if we're going to go retro? That would have been a joke. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28. The beginning of Romans says, no more guilt and condemnation in chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation. The end of the chapter says no separation. And in the middle of the chapter, he wants us to know something. Look what it says. And we know that God causes, New York accent, causes. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good. To those who love God. And to those who are called according to his purpose. Now in the natural, we're living in uncertain days. 
We're living in days where the news is so rapidly changing. It's crazy. People have lost their minds. But God says there are things that we ought to know. Job said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. When Peter preached in Acts chapter 2, he said, let all the church of know for certain, know for certain that this Jesus whom you crucified is both Lord and Christ. Abraham was fully persuaded. That means he knew for certain that what God promised, he was well able also to perform. James said this, know this, when you encounter various temptations, stress, and trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So there's things that God wants us to know, and he wants us to know that all things are going to work together for good to those that love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Today we want to talk about living on purpose, not by accident, but living on purpose. Not by accident, but by design. And it says there that called according to his purpose. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 says this, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose. According means equivalent to. According means to the same degree, to the same amount of God's purpose for us. And it says this, that he saved us with a holy calling. We've been called to his purpose. When Jesus said in Matthew chapter 21, my house shall be called a house of prayer. When Genesis chapter 1 says that God called the light day and the dark night, when God calls something, he releases the anointing to that target of which he speaks to become what it is. He releases the grace to do what he says you're going to do. He releases the anointing to become what you're destined to become. An accident is something that happens unintentional. I didn't do it on purpose. My hand just fell on his face. Yeah. On purpose means by design. Intended. It means it took thought to do that. You realize that the Bible says, Lord, when I awake, I'm continually with thee. Your thoughts towards me are precious, O God. More than the sand on the seashore, how precious are your thoughts towards me. When God calls and initiates us to be called according to his purpose. He equips us. He empowers us. He promises us that his presence will be there with us the entire time. And it's our job. We've heard of the great commission. We've heard of the great commandment. Well, there's the great commitment. It's our job to answer that call and to live according to his purpose. Second Peter chapter one says, my brethren, be diligent to walk in the manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. It takes effort. It takes diligence. When our men's group 
that was meeting on Wednesday nights, the second and fourth Wednesday throughout this past semester. It was men of Proverbs. And one of the hundreds of subjects in Proverbs is diligence. Diligence is an earnest effort to see something done till it's mature term. And following the purpose of God takes diligence. God's purpose for us began before the foundations of the world. So in the beginning, in, Genesis, in the beginning of the Bible, when it says in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Before that is when God destined each one of us to a heavenly calling according to his will. And it all begins with the creator. It all begins with an inventor or the designer. God is the potter, we're the clay. Does not the potter have the right, does not the potter have the right to reserve the right to form and fashion the clay according to his will? He sure does. That's a rhetorical question. The creator designed us for his glory and for his honor. A builder or a construction worker builds a house for a particular purpose. So if we want to find out what God's purpose is for our lives, we need to go to the creator and find out and ask him. Now, Charlene, my wife asked me, said, what are these things here this morning that you brought up here? I've got an Onkyo owner's manual here. I've got a Bose speaker's manual here. I had another one. But when we have an issue or a problem with something... Where do we go? The owner's manual. How many of y'all got the owner's manual right here? Come on, somebody. Now, if you, if you look at these owner's manuals, it's funny. You can learn spiritual truths from natural illustrations. In the back of most owner's manuals, you know what they got? Troubleshooting guy. So after, this, after these speakers were set up, I haven't looked at that owner's manual ever. Except when? When there's a problem. And you go to, then you go to the owner's manual and you find out the symptoms of the problem and then they give you the troubleshooting guide of, of how to fix it through trial and error. Carissa, remember when we put up the three fans? There were three fans we put up. We did kind of glance at the instructions, okay? The first fan took about two hours. The second fan took about an hour. The third fan, 20 minutes. Practice, practice, practice. So sometimes when you read the owner's manual, if you miss the fine print and you, or you skip a step, I had to take that thing down and put it back up again. That's what we, we put it up about three times. First one we put up three times, two times or three times. So the owner's manual is where God reveals his purpose. Psalm 103 verse 8 said, He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the sons of Israel. Do you realize that God counts us? He counts you. He counts you faithful. He counts us faithful that he wants to entrust us with his ways. To give us an understanding of how he flows and how he operates. 
It's a high honor that God wants to reveal his purpose to us. We've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he's prepared a time in advance that we should walk in them by faith. So how about we make a commitment today or recommit today to follow after our creator with all of our hearts and to follow after this owner's manual. Because there are people that are wandering and wavering and in the valley of indecision and wavering between two opinions about what to do or where I should go or why am I here and should I go to this church or the Lord's leading me to that church and what about this and what about that? God's got a good plan for us. And he wants to make his ways known to us. God has a purpose for marriage between a man and a woman. That it would represent the glory of God and the love of Christ for his church and the love of the church for their Savior. God's got a purpose when we gather together. God's not sitting in heaven today and looking up on the roll and say, check, 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 whoop, absent, check, check, check. No, he has a purpose for us that when we gather together in his name, he would reveal himself in all of his glory, all of his splendor, all of his power. And we gather together so that we can encourage and exhort one another. Amen. That's why the book of Hebrews says in in chapter 10, you know, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, exhort one another and so much more as we see the day approaching. So there's a purpose of why we gather. There's a purpose why families eat meals together. There's a purpose why God aligns divine appointments and divine connections so we can relate together and work together and minister together for the glory of God. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and look at this next scripture right now. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. So we were created for his purpose, and he reveals his purpose. It took six days to make the heavens and the earth, but it takes a lifetime to make a man and a woman of God. Last week, Pastor Brian just sewed up that great series about rejection. And that last, um, that last slide that he had said, the way to overcome rejection is to walk out your purpose. To find and walk out your purpose. And that's what the process is. And that's what Joseph did. The Bible says in, 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 Psalm, in the Psalms that until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. And tried him. And that's where we are. We're all on a journey. And we're all in a process. Look what it says in Revelation chapter 411. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. And for thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. Thou hast created all things. When you think about God the Father, that we should 
arrange and order our delight and our pleasure to him. Also think about how God takes pleasure in us. Think about this. When we, when we had our children that were small, we were just ooh and ah. You know, we didn't have cell phones or smartphones or cameras like that when, when our kids were growing up. But we loved them and adored them. We had the old video camcorders. We should have done another retro on that, Pastor Brian. We had that, big, that camera. So we loved our kids. But we take pleasure in our kids when they were growing up. Now we really take pleasure in our grandkids. And you know what? When we took pleasure in our kids, or Lily, Lily wasn't reading the Bible, or Aiden wasn't witnessing to the neighbors next door. Aiden was, he had a pair of sunglasses on in the shower. And we looked at that picture. And then Lily, Lily was, had, a, had her glasses on right next door. Said, Damn little Lily, look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. We were just delighting in them because who they were. They were the byproduct. They were the fruit of the womb that we knew about. So the Lord wants us to give him pleasure. The Bible says in Proverbs 15 verse 8 that the prayer of the upright is his delight. And that when we are praying, it's a delight to the Lord. The Bible says that we're supposed to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in all respects. You say, Tom, that's impossible. I can't possibly please the Lord in all respects. But that's what, when Paul wrote this, he said this, not that I have already attained it, not that I have already acquired it, but one thing I do, I press on to apprehend or to obtain him who apprehended me. I press on towards the mark for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we can aspire, we can endeavor, we can, by his grace, work towards that and bring God delight in that which we do. What about delight? What does that do? Well, the Bible says that without faith, it's what? Impossible to please him. And Colossians said, if we walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. If we're walking in a manner pleasing him, that pleasure must mean that it's walking in faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's not about doing things to please him. It's about setting your affections, setting your love. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, that I might see you. King Uzziah saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. See what manner of love God has bestowed upon us that we should be called his children. Called his children. Our goal, our desire should be to please him above all. Amen? First, we talk about walking in his purpose. He created us for purpose. Right there in Revelation chapter 4, it says that we were created for his purpose. And lastly, I want to talk about being created for a place. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. We were created for a place. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. 
But now God has set or placed the members, each one of them. When God says each, he means each. When he says every, he means every. When God says all, he means all. But now God has placed or set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. If we're saved, if we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then we are members in the spiritual body of Christ. We are members of one another with our brothers and sisters in Israel or Iraq or Iran or Korea or Japan or Argentina or Canada or Burundi. We are spiritual members one of another. And the Bible says that he set it in there as he pleases. So guess what? When we're set where he places us, that in itself is going to bring pleasure to God. Now, God, God's an, he's an, he's an God of order. He does things with structure and boundaries and things in place. He set the stars in the heaven and called them by name. He set the sand on the seashore to stop the waves, lest the waves overtake them. He tells the waves where to stop so that they won't overstep their bounds. In the Old Testament, God set the nation of Israel with tribes on the north, the south, Judah was on the east, and tribes on the west. And in the middle of that order, of that structure, was the tabernacle where the glory of God was, would manifest himself. So God sets things in place for a purpose. Also in the Old Testament, Gideon had his 300 men. They had the trumpet in one hand. They had the pitcher on the other hand. They were going to break the pitcher. And he set each man, the Bible says, in their place. When Nehemiah was building the walls to, for the city of Jerusalem that were torn down and broken down, the Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 4 that every member, every family was set in place. Now, I don't know what kind of personality types that we have here today, okay? Uh, but some of us are real up on structure and order, okay? Some of us, we just like to kind of go with the flow and wing it a little bit. But you know what? There's not one member of the body that is unnecessary or unneeded. Not one. God sets our organs our cells into organs and organs into systems to function and flow in a physical body. And you say, well, you know, what, what about the appendix? The appendix, they say, is something that's extra. Do you know there was a study done at Duke University in, in 2007 that they began to discover that even the, even the appendix is a source of uh, a storehouse for good bacteria which can produce healing. So even though we thought that the appendix was unnecessary and not needed, science is finding out otherwise. Science may say one thing, but would it be like our creator to put something in the human body that would be unnecessary or not needed? You know, what they say, well, that's probably the product of evolution. 
Well, that should give you the first tent. That's not going to fly. Every member is necessary in the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord. I want to read this. When a person is placed or a person is set in order, it is for a proper position or arrangement to work in relationship with other parts for a particular purpose or function. Being out of place is dysfunctional. A place without function or fruit is useless, vain, and void of purpose. Specifically, being placed in the body of Christ is for our protection. It's for your protection. Well, you go to you open your Bible right now. It's not on the screen, but go to Psalm 92 if you would. Psalm 92. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 92, verse 13. Psalm 92, verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Those that are planted, those that are set, those that are anchored, those that are surrounded with good soil will flourish in the courts of our God. Being set by Jesus brings him pleasure. And there's no appendix in the body of Christ. You know, here at, at, at Grace Chapel, we have a class going on right now called First Steps. And the first steps is teaching four basic pillars of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, building your life upon the foundation of God's word, um, becoming a devoted follower of the Lord Jesus Christ by encouraging a, a vibrant devotional and prayer life, and then belonging to the body of Christ, belonging, being connected, and, and participating as an active participant in corporate and small group gatherings, because we need one another, and there's a purpose for our gathering. The Lord said and prompted on my heart that there are folks that wavered and wandered, there's folks that even are here today that are in the valley of decision about what they should do. I want you to know something, that God's got a good purpose for you, that you were created for his pleasure, and that he's got a place for you. And I want to say that this is a good place. This is a safe place. It's a place that will cultivate our growing, vibrant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> 